We now bring you the Tabernacle Pulpit Podcast, featuring the late Dr. Harold B. Seitler, founding pastor of Tabernacle Baptist Church and Ministries in Greenville, South Carolina. And now, today's edition of the Tabernacle Pulpit Podcast. I want you to turn in your Bible today to the third chapter of 2 Samuel, page 359 in your Schoolfield Bible. Third chapter of 2 Samuel. Now today, I'd like to speak to you from a text in verse number 33. I might have used this text several years ago, I'm not sure, but I have it underscored in my Bible. I don't have any mental record nor written record of my bringing a message on the text uh, here at Tabernacle. If I did uh, the message I'm bringing now, I'm sure it was not the message I brought. I might have used the same text, but not the things that I'm going to say about the text. In verse 33, chapter 3, 2 Samuel, I read, And the king, David, lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dieth? A question mark. Died Abner as a fool dieth? Now, if you don't have that question underscored in your Bible, I think you ought to underscore it. It's a tremendous text. I have it underscored in mind. The death of a fool died Abner as a fool dieth, asked King David. Now let's get something of the background, and then I'll note the text and also verse number 33, which gives us a little insight into the foolish and unnecessary death of Abner. Now who is Abner? Why did David so lament when they buried him and wept, not only David, but all the people of Israel wept as well when they buried Abner in Hebron, where Abraham and Sarah are buried. And uh, David lamented And that word lament is a strong word, a powerful word. What was it about Abner that would cause David to so weep and lament upon his death? What was it about this man that would cause him to give the question of my text, died Abner as a fool dieth? Now, that's an unusual text, you'll have to admit. Uh, You may not agree with all that I'm going to say about it, but you'll have to admit that's an unusual text of Scripture. I don't find anything in the Bible quite like it. Died Abner... As a fool dieth? A question. Now let's, let, let's look at a little background. Abner, if you'll remember, is the general of Saul, the first king of Israel. David, we all know, is the second king of Israel. David's general was Joab. Uh, a few months ago when we were studying back in uh, 2 Samuel, we studied a good deal about Joab and about King David and also about Saul and about Abner. Every great monarch as David and Saul would have right-hand men, so to speak. Uh, Just as our president has right-hand men at his side in the White House, and these men have great authority, they look in on all uh, that goes on in Congress and in the White House, and they're trusted men, very necessary men. And the, the president is wise to get faithful, loyal men at his side to whom he can delegate much responsibility. Now, David was much like that in that he chose Joab to be his general. And Saul was much the same way in that he selected Abner to be his general. Now, we all know that uh, there was uh, animosity between Saul and David. I don't think David had any hatred in his heart toward Saul. But uh, Saul certainly hated David. There's no question about that. And actually sought the life of David. Saul served as king for 40 years in Israel. 
And he knew that, saw the handwriting on the wall. He knew that his days were short. And he knew also that in all probability, David would be anointed the second king. That added fuel and fury to already an unpleasant situation that existed between uh, Saul and David. And Saul became so furious and so jealous of David until he actually tried to kill him. Not one time, but several times. You remember how on one occasion in the palace, Saul picked up a spear, a javelin, and threw that spear at David, aiming at his body. He intended to kill David. And David was wise enough and quick enough and alert enough to dodge that spear, and the spear buried itself in the wall of the palace. It was aimed at the body of David. But God preserved David. But you know, David did, had one attitude that is commendable. And I think you and I ought to develop this attitude. Though David knew well that Saul hated him and that Saul had tried to, to make an attempt upon his life, yet David would not hate Saul, nor would David take any kind of revenge. You remember one time, uh, David and his 600 men, Joab was his general, uh, found refuge in a cave. They spent the night in a cave, and lo and behold, in that same cave, was the army of Saul with Abner and his men. And they too had taken refuge in that large cave. And during the night they discovered uh, that Saul was sleeping close by. And you remember how Joab said, David, let me now fix this fellow up. If you just say the word, you won't have to turn your hand. You just say the word, I'll take care of him. He's, uh, he's exposed to us. I know where he's at. I'll go uh, slay him and uh, it'll all be over with. You remember how David said, Joab, touch not God's anointed. Don't you dare do that because he's God's anointed. Now, that didn't mean that David agreed that all, uh, to all that Saul was and that David agreed with all that Saul did. No, not at all. But, uh, but David did recognize that it was Samuel, God's priest prophet, who anointed Saul to be king of Israel. And therefore, he said, Joab, don't you touch God's anointed. And that'd be a good thing for all of us to learn. It could be a very dangerous thing for a person to touch one anointed of God. Uh, let it be a missionary. Let it be pastor. Let it be an evangelist. Let it be a godly deacon. Let it be a dedicated witness. It's a dangerous thing to touch a man anointed of God to do a job for the Lord. There have been a many a person died prematurely under the judgment of God because they lifted their voice or their hand against one of God's preachers. That could be a dangerous thing. Now, you'd, you'd be wise to follow the same attitude of David. Don't touch God's anointed. Oh, but you say, well, God's anointed is doing wrong. And I think all of us would agree that Saul did do wrong. But God's able to take care of his, you see. Don't you dare take into your hands that which belongs to the prerogative of Almighty God. He'll take care of his servants, you see. So David said, Joab, don't you touch him. Then on another occasion, uh, David had the opportunity of going right to where uh, Saul was sleeping. And all David would have to have done was take his sword out, cut his head off. That's the end of his enemy. But instead of that, he took his sword out and cut his skirt off. Just a part of the garment of Saul. And when Saul awakened the next day and started walking out into the light of the day, he found out that his skirt, his robe, had been tampered with. And he came to find out later that David himself had that piece of his robe in his own hands. And he learned that David was close enough to cut a piece of the garment of his, on his body off and yet preserved his life. And you remember how Saul was, uh, was sorry about his attitude 
momentarily and repented because of his wicked attitude when he saw the graciousness and the generosity of David. David could have taken his life, but he didn't do it. Now that's a little bit of the background. But sooner or later, God moved Saul out of the way. Saul died as all monarchs must die. Now when Saul died, Abner, who was the general of Saul, did what he thought, no doubt, was the right thing to do. And uh, so he, uh, he anointed Isboseth. Isboseth was the son of Saul. And so Abner, being the general, said, uh, the thing to do now is to anoint the son of Saul to be the next king of Israel. And I think, I think Abner uh, was, uh, was doing what he thought to be right. I'm sure that he didn't, he didn't consider God because God had already, through Samuel, anointed David. And it was God's will, and all of us will agree, that David was to be the second king of Israel, not Isboseth. But Abner was being loyal to his master Saul, and so he went to Isboseth. Your father's dead, no doubt, he said. Now it's time for you to be the king of Israel. I therefore anoint you and set you up as the general of the army of the king of Israel to be the next king. Now that was not God's will, but he did that. And, uh, and to Isboseth, Abner was as loyal as he knew how to be. Now while all that was going on, David had set himself up upon the death of Saul, having been anointed king. David was now king of the two tribes of Israel, uh, two tribes of Judah and Benjamin. And Isboseth is the king of the ten tribes. And there is a partial division of the kingdom right at that particular point. Later on, upon the death of Solomon, the kingdoms are divided to the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom. But even at the death of Saul, uh, Isboseth is anointed king of the ten tribes, and David is anointed by Samuel to be the king of, of Benjamin and Judah. David's palace and, and, uh, and throne is in Hebron. This is before the city of Jerusalem is ever founded. And so you have two kingdoms for a time. And things moved on very well uh, for a time. But sooner or later, you're going to find a warfare uh, uh, come about. And the warfare developed between Joab, the general of David, and Abner, the general of Isboseth. They're down at Gibeon. And in Gibeon, a few miles north of Jerusalem is Gibeon, is the well, a famous well. We visited that well, by the way. A large well. Uh, in that day, they didn't dig, dig a, uh, a narrow well. They had to be, dig it big enough to have staircases to go down to the water and bring the water out by hand. And the well at Gibeon is bigger than this choir, I guess, and way down into the ground. You walk around the stair steps down to the water and bring the water out. And, and Saul and his men were on one side, and Abner and his men were on the other side. And they were getting ready for a pitched battle to see which is greater, which would be victor. And at the given signal, 12 men from Abner's army engaged 12 men from Saul's army, and that started the war. And the battle raged for a while. And the Bible tells us that at Gibeon, Joab gained the victory and defeated Abner. And defeated Abner, and when Abner saw that he was defeated, he began to flee away. Uh, back down to Jerusalem, no doubt. Uh, back down to, to Hebron. There was no Jerusalem at that particular time. But he began to flee toward home, toward, toward Hebron. And when he began to flee for his own life, then uh, 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 Joab and uh, as, uh, Ab Ishai, his brother, and then another one of his brothers, three brothers, began to pursue after Abner. 
And they followed Abner as Abner hurried back to refuge and safety. And after a while, Joab and Abizai drops out and leaves just one brother pursuing after Abner. And I can see them in my mind. The battle is lost. Abner, the general, is defeated. His men are defeated. Joab, David's general, has won the victory. And now Abner's fleeing for his life across the plains. And he turns and looks behind. And the brother of Joab is hot in pursuit. Right on his, right and behind him, hot in pursuit. And Abner turns without even stopping and, and cries out to the brother of Joab, don't follow me any further, he said. If you continue following me, I'll kill you, said Abner. And he thought the boy would stop by all means. And so Abner kept on fleeing back toward his home. After while he looked back again and the boy is still pursuing. The brother of Joab is still pursuing. So Abner took his spear, stopped in his tracks, and turned and threw that spear at that boy, running after him as he fled back toward his home. And that spear found its place and pierced entirely through the body of that boy, brother to Joab. And the boy fell dead beside the trail. And Abner kept on going, kept on fleeing back uh, to refuge to his own country. And after a while, Joab and Abhizai, the two other brothers, uh, come along and they found their brother dead, slain by Abner. And many other people in that area came and saw the boy's body on the side of the trail, killed by Abner. Now this is war, and all is fair in war, I suppose. And so Abner slew the boy that was pursuing after him, uh, evidently seeking his life. And they found the boy dead. And when Abner, uh, that is when Ab is high and Joab, found their brother dead beside the trail, they said, the time will come when we're going to get revenge. The time will come, I'll get revenge, said Joab. Now, Joab was a famous warrior. He was captain of David's 600 men long before David was ever made king of Israel. And after David was made king of Israel, he was still a great man, Joab. And Joab said to Abhishai's brother, we'll get revenge one day. Abner has slain our brother, we'll get revenge. So they took up the dead boy, dug a grave and buried him. But Joab never forgot what Abner had done in slaying his brother. Months passed by, years passed by, no doubt. And things are not going good between uh, Isboseth and Abner. In fact, uh, Isboseth, the son of Saul, accused Abner of having a love affair with one of the concubines of Saul. Now, more people get in trouble over that kind of conduct than most anything you can think of. The surest way and the easiest way to get in trouble is to start messing with another man's wife. Brother, a lot of men have died as a result of that. Or start messing with another man's daughter. You're you, you headed for trouble with that. Now, according to the testimony of Abner, he said, I'm not guilty. I have not done what you accuse me of doing. But Isboseth charged him nonetheless. Why, he said, what a terrible thing you've done. You've gone in to the concubine that belonged to my father. And Abner said, am I a dead dog that would do a thing like that? He said, I'm not guilty. Abner said to Isboseth, I'm not guilty. But that was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And Abner then began to lay plans to change camps and stop being the right-hand man and the general 
of Isboseth. And from that moment when Isboseth charged him falsely of taking his own, fa his own father's concubine, from that moment on, Abner began to lay plans to desert and change camps and join the host of King David. And it didn't long until they get in touch together, Abner and David get together, and Abner said, now I want to make an alliance with you. I want to come and serve you. I believe you're the great king. I believe that you are to be the next king. And I want to come to your camp. Well, now David was anxious for that. David wanted the kingdom unified. Uh, Isboseth is the king of the ten tribes. David is the king of Judah and Benjamin. And when Abner said, I want to come and join your camp, why well, that suited that suited David up and down. So David began to make plans. And he and Abner, David and Abner, entered into an alliance together. And Abner left Isboseth and came and joined up with David, king of Judah and Benjamin. Now all of that happened while Joab was away warring with the Philistines. And when Joab got home from warring with the Philistines, somebody met him at the gate of the city of Hebron and said, Joab, you'd never guess who's in town. You'd never guess what took place while you were going to war with the Philistines. And Joab said, what in the world are you talking about? And then whoever it was that met him said, oh, we just want to report to you that Abner, who was general to King Saul and general to Isboseth, is now been employed by David. And he's now living in Hebron. And they might have said, Joab, do you think he's going to take your place? <laughs> oh, brother, that'd be rubbing the further wrong way, wouldn't it? And it rubbed the further wrong way, and Joab didn't like that a little bit. He said, that's not right. I've risked my life. I've been loyal to David. I've served him long before he was an only king. I was captain of his 600 when he had to flee from Saul. And it's just not right, said Joab, that David now would go and hire Abner, who one time was his enemy. And bring him down here to Hebron and let him be a general in his army. Joab didn't like that at all. And you can understand why. That would not be an ethical thing to do. You know, sometimes many people get themselves in a lot of trouble by doing unethical things. When of all due respects to David, and I'm, I'm not being, I wouldn't want to be critical of all people. I wouldn't want to be critical of David. But actually what David did was not proper. Just not proper. And, 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 and in a way, I think that's one of the reasons that David wept and lamented when Abner was killed. I think in a way, David was partly responsible for the death of Abner because he exposed Abner to the fury of Joab and actually brought Abner to Hebron where Joab could do something about it. And I think when David saw uh, Ahab, uh, Abner slain, I think David felt partly responsible for it because of what he'd done. Now, it's not proper to do exactly what David did. If a man is loyal and faithful, then there's a certain reward that ought to go to that individual for his loyalty and his faithfulness. But not only was Joab loyal and faithful to David, but he was also very successful. Joab was a tremendous uh, general, and he'd fought the Philistines and won all the battles. He never had lost a battle. Joab had never lost a battle against the Philistines. And he'd been most loyal to David. And it seems at this point that David doesn't appreciate the loyalty of Joab. And it rubbed Joab's further wrong way. When David went out and got uh, uh, the general of his former enemy and brought him in to his own army. 
and Joab didn't like it. And so things rocked along. And then uh, they had that famous encounter. Uh, somebody said, uh, uh, Abner just left Hebron. And uh, Joab said, I sure would love to see him. And so Joab sent one of his servants and they hurried down the road. Abner was started out of Hebron and they overtook him and they said, uh, Abner, Joab wants to see you. And Abner, naively thinking everything was all right, thinking the hatchets had been buried and all the fury and, and the animosity had been forgiven. Abner turns around, goes back down to Hebron. And who met him at the gates but Joab? And when Joab saw him, he walked up to him and greeted him, it says in verse number 27. And Abner returned to Hebron. And Joab took him aside in the gate of the city of Hebron to speak to him quietly. <laughs> yeah, Joab knew all the time what was going to happen. But he was rather cunning. He was a warrior. He knew how to handle situations like that. So he took him aside to speak to him quietly. And as he whispered something to Abner, he took his own spear out of his side and thrusted under the fifth rib, and Abner died, fell at the feet of Joab, dead. Joab killed him, slew him with his own spear. And later on, when somebody came and reported to David what had happened, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord, forever from the, for the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. But I wonder, I wonder if David really was guiltless. And so Joab, verse 30, so Joab and Abhizai's brother slew Abner because he had slain their brother at Gibeon in battle. And David said to Joab and to all the people that were with him, rend your clothes, said David. To all the people in Hebron, rend your clothes and girt yourself with sackcloth and mourn before Abner. And the king himself followed the casket. And they buried Abner, verse 32, in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people of Israel wept with King David. And the king lamented, weeping, lamented over Abner and said, Died Abner as a fool dies. I can see King David wringing his hands with bitter tears flowing down his face, looking at that dead body of Abner, whom he had just hired to be a general in his army. And then David put the question of my text, died Abner as a fool dieth. Now look at verse number 34. David went on to say, thy hands, Abner, were not bound, nor were thy feet put in fetters. As a man falleth before wicked men, so fellest thou. And all the people wept again over him. David stood at that casket and talked to that dead man. How many times, me and you, have seen that happen? We, some of us, us, no doubt, have done that. We stood at the casket of loved ones and, and talked to them. Though their ears are forever silent in death and their tongues are ever still in death, we stood there sometimes and stand there and talk to our dead loved ones. And David stood there and said, Abner, did you die unnecessarily? Abner, your hands were not bound. Your feet were not put in feathers. Why did you come back? Why did you trust Joab? Why did you expose yourself? Why didn't you go on? Why did you ever come back? You died unnecessarily. Died Abner as a fool dies. You could have fled. You could have run. You could have defended yourself. Your hands were not bound, nor were your feet put in feathers. 
and yet you died. Died, Abner, as a fool died. Now, I've related the story and give you a little bit of the background. How was Abner a fool in his death? Three things I want to say to you. And I'd like to apply them. There's no point in me calling to your mind this Old Testament story unless I can give a 1971 application. So three things I want to say. First of all, Abner died as a fool dieth in that he failed to go with God and God's way. Now Abner missed the boat way back there when he took the son of Saul, Isboseth, and said, we're going to make you king. Abner missed the boat right then. That wasn't the way God was moving. Abner right then should have, saw, should have seen the folly of his way and should have mended his error right at that particular point. God was not going to work through Isboseth. It was not God's will that Isboseth be the next king. It was God's will that David be the next king. But here's Abner saying, Isboseth, we're going to anoint you the next king of Israel. He died as a fool dieth because he failed to go with God. Now there are multitudes of people in the land today, wise people, intelligent people, gifted people, and there's no doubt in my mind, but that Abner was all of that. Abner could have never been the general to King Saul had he not been wise, had he not been capable, had he not been powerful. And yet he failed to recognize God's moving and God's way, way and God's plan. And he got away from God's purpose. And getting away from God's will and God's purpose, he soon found himself in deep trouble when he failed to follow after God. Now we can apply that, can't we? The wisest thing you've ever done in all the span of your lifetime, you listen to this preaching. I'm not an old man, but I'm not a novice either. The wisest thing you've ever done in all the span of your lifetime is not make, make your millions, nor build your palaces, nor buy your Cadillacs, nor live sumptuously. That's not the wisest thing you've ever done. The wisest thing any man can ever do is find which way God's going and go with God. Now, the other way may look good to you, and the other way, in Abner's case, was a quick way to success. He stepped out of Saul's camp into David's camp. Uh, he, he avoided working up to it. He avoided all the time that it took to work up to the job. He was hired at the top. He didn't have to work up like Joab did. He was hired at the top. You'd be surprised how many people want that. There's not too many people willing to do the little jobs. They want the big jobs to begin with. And they won't work themselves up. And, and, and there's a many a person uh, because of such as that that get out of God's will in their lives. Now you need to put your ear to the ground, so to speak, and find out which way God's going. And then you need to go with God. Now in our day, there's a lot of religious things uh, you take the uh, Jesus movement, for example. You think God's in that? You're a fool if you do. I think I ought to say that again. You're a fool if you do. Uh, this superstar crowd, I even hate to connect the name of Jesus with it. But you know what I'm talking about. You think God's in that? You're another Abner if you do. 
You've missed it somewhere down the road, brother. You think God's in this liberal crowd that denies the Bible and scoffs at Jesus and suggests that he's not virgin born and that the Bible maybe is not God's word and we're going to have to rethink inspiration and rethink the resurrection and rethink the virgin birth. You think God's in that? Never! God's not in that. And there's a many an Abner, a many an Abner that'll be drawn aside with all this Stuff that's going on in the name of religion in our day. You better find out where God is and go with God. Now, as far as I'm concerned, you hear me. And if this is treason, make the most of it. This is God's book. And you better stay with this book. This is God's church. You better stay with God's church. These are God's people. With decent haircuts. And decent garb on their body. And you better stay with God's people. You say, well, I, I think I ought to cultivate myself and develop myself in, into a, into a broad-minded individual. You better stay with old-time religion, brother. Now, Abner missed the point. God had already, through Samuel, anointed David to be the second king. And Abner took the situation in his own hands and he said, I think Ismoses ought to be the second king. And he died as a fool dieth in that he failed to go God's way. Number two, Abner died the death of a fool in that he failed to avail himself of the cities of refuge. Now let me watch something with you here now. Every student in the Bible, of the Bible, in this auditorium and by the radio today, know something about cities of refuge. In our, our class in hermeneutics here in the Bible Institute, we studied a little bit about the cities of refuge in our last class session. Every student ought to know what the cities of refuge are. When Moses gave the law to Israel, and I, I only have a minute or two, but I'll give it to you in a nutshell. When Moses gave the law, Moses selected six cities, six, the number of man. He selected six cities strategically located. They were not all down at Gaza, nor were all of them up at the Sea of Galilee, nor were all of them there about Jerusalem, but they were strategically located throughout Israel so as to make it easily accessible to any person who ought and who would need refuge in the cities of refuge. And here's why they were instituted. In Moses' day under the law, if a man committed involuntary manslaughter, and that's the kind of crime that Abner committed against the brother of Joab. That was not murder. When men kill in line of duty in war, that's not murder. Did you hear me? When men serve in the army and they have to kill in line of duty, that is not murder. Murder is premeditated, deliberate, shedding of an innocent person's blood. Now, the Bible teaches capital punishment and requires capital punishment for the crime of murder, premeditated first-degree murder. Now, the Bible recognizes first-degree murder and second-degree murder, manslaughter. Now, what Abner did was manslaughter. And that would make Abner qualify to flee to any of these six cities of refuge. And if he went into one of these cities of refuge, and Hebron, by the way, was one of them. And that's where David lived. If he'd have gone into Hebron and said to the high priest, I've just killed a man 
and his brother is after me to avenge. And I want refuge in this city. Had he only gone to the priest and said, I'm guilty, and I want refuge, the priest would have said, that's fine. You can have refuge. This is one of the cities of refuge, Hebron. And, and Abner could have stayed there in that city and nobody could have touched him. Joab, uh, nobody could have touched him because the law of God provided that shelter for manslaughter. And then when the high priest of that particular city died, then everybody that was in the city seeking refuge could go free. You see a typology there, don't you? When my Christ died, brother, he set me free. Amen. But instead of that, Abner didn't do it. Abner went down to the city of Hebron like the general that he was. Brother, he walked in with his shoulders high and announced this is Abner, the general of former King Saul of Israel, proud, high-minded. And he went down there and down to Hebron and dealt with the king. He didn't deal with the priest. He dealt with the king, David. And he did so with pomp. And pride, no doubt. And he had just killed a man back up beyond Jerusalem. Instead of going to the priest as he should have gone to the priest. And sought refuge in a city of refuge. He went to the king and made a deal with the king. He failed to avail himself of what the cities of refuge offered. Now there's a lot of people in every generation that dies and goes to hell so close to refuge. And yet so far away. The only thing that Abner would have had to have done was to have gone to the priest and said, I want shelter, I want refuge in Hebron. And he could have gotten that. But he didn't do that. Instead he went to the king and made an alliance with the king and then died. Now you can see what you want to about the cross. And you can mock Jesus and scoff at the blood and count it an unholy thing all you want to, but the only refuge to a miserable sinner is the cross of Jesus Christ. And you may make your millions and live in your palace and fare sumptuously, but until you go to the high priest and plead your guilt and find refuge at the cross, you're going to die. You'll die. Now he died as a fool dieth in that he failed to avail himself uh, of what Hebron could have provided for him, refuge. Multitudes are dying in the world today and going to hell who don't have to go to hell. No, they could plead the name of Jesus and the work of Christ at Calvary and be refuged if they'd only do it. Amen. Those six cities in Israel were easily accessible. And the fact that they were easily accessible, strategically located, is an indication that whosoever's in trouble can come. Wherever you are, come on. You can flee to that city, it's close by. Come on in. Jesus is accessible to any man that's ready to confess his guilt and plead his blood. The Savior is accessible. And then third, he died as a fool dieth. Because of his presumptuousness. Now what do you mean preacher? If only Ahab, uh, uh, Abner rather, I keep saying Ahab. If only Abner, and he's the man I'm preaching about today. If only Abner had kept his eyes open. If only Abner had been wise. If only Abner had been careful and cautious. 
Don't you know that Abner knew that Joab was down there in Hebron? Don't you know that Abner knew that he had killed the brother of Joab in battle? And don't you know that Abner knew that Joab had vowed to get revenge? And yet Abner walks into the city of Hebron to deal with King David as if nothing had ever happened. Just as careless and as carefree and as presumptuous as a man can be. Just as careless. He exposed himself. And that's why David said, Abner, your feet were not bound. Your hands were not tied with feathers. You didn't have to die. If you'd just been careful and stayed out of Joab's way, you wouldn't have had to die. And David wept and lamented and wrung his hands and wept and cried, died Abner as a fool died. And he died as a fool because of his presumptuousness. Now, if that doesn't fit this generation that I live in, what adjective would describe it? Presumptuous generation. Presumptuousness. A lot of people around Greenville live as if God didn't exist. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That text literally translated, the fool has said in his heart, no God for me. I'm making my millions. I'm drinking my cocktails. I'm having me the time of my life. I have no time for religion. And they let their guards down and forget that God is a consuming fire. They, they're presumptuous. They're proud. And the first thing you know, God lets fiery judgment fall on them. And they die and go to hell. They didn't have to, but they do it. Abner didn't have to die. Abner was not an old man. Abner could have been used for years with King David. But he was presumptuous and careless. And he trusted the very one that he should have watched. Wonder what Abner thought when Joab caught up with him with his servants and brought him back to Hebron. And when Joab met him at the gate and said, Abner, come over here. Wonder what Abner thought when he walked over to Joab. And when Joab got up real close to him and, and whispered quietly, wonder what was going on in the mind of Abner. Why, well, any intelligent person, it seems to me, would have been a little skeptical, a little, little uh, uneasy around a man who had vowed to take your life. But it seems to me that, that Abner walks into that trap and doesn't give it a thought. He walks up to Joab and doesn't put up any kind of defense. And while he's standing there listening to Joab, Joab takes his spear out. I wonder what, what was Abner doing while Joab was taking his spear out. And then his as neatly and as quietly as a surgeon slipped that knife under his fifth rib into his heart and he died. And Abner didn't do a thing. I mean, just didn't do anything. Walked into a trap. Presumptuously and carelessly, unnecessarily died when he could have lived. Had he been careful, had he been wise, had he made... Uh, some preservation, some protection in his life, he could have lived. A lot of people are like that. I preach, I stand on the highway of life, and the broad road is crowded with multitudes of people, and I stand on the side of the road and scream and cry and preach and beg 
in revivals on the radio and here at Tabernacle and many other ways I say, folk, please consider Jesus. Down the road, there's death. Down the road, there's judgment. Down the road, there's hell. I say, people, please consider Jesus. You got to meet God down the road. And the people look out at me out of the corner of their eyes and they say, well, he's, he's one of these fanatics. And presumptuously singing, whistling, walking down the highway of time, they slip over the abyss into hell. In spite of all my pleading and my screaming. Abner died as a fool dieth in that he was presumptuous. Now my soul, you better think, you better make your peace calling and election sure. You've got a Joab that's out to get you. His name is not Joab, his name is Lucifer. And Lucifer is going to slip the dagger under your fifth rib and carry you to hell. Oh, preacher, <laughs> not me. I'm, I can handle myself. Yeah. Abner was a general, but he didn't handle himself. He died because of his presumptuousness. And a lot of sinners die and go to hell every day because of their presumptuousness. And when David looked at that dead man in that casket, he wrung his hand and with bitter tears cried, died Abner as a fool died. We thank you for listening to the Tabernacle Pulpit Podcast. If this sermon was a blessing to you, please share and invite others to listen and join us next time on the Tabernacle Pulpit Podcast.